Wake up. It's your early breakfast with Africa Milani. With Labour's reaction to the budget speech delivered by the finance minister in Okonongwana in parliament yesterday. Joining me on the line is Kosatu's parliamentary coordinator, Matthew Parks. Matthew, a very good morning and welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, a number of public sector unions uh, took to the streets of Cape Town yesterday ahead of that delivery of the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, in intentionally rejecting uh, his budget and warning, of course, of an indefinite strike, many of them calling uh, for government to implement a 10% wage increase. Uh, They're calling for a basic income grant of 1,500 rand, and they're calling for an increase in the number of people employed in the public sector. What's Kosato's reaction to that budget from the minister yesterday? Uh, Look, it's a mixed bag, and he has to do with a multiple set of crises. So there's some good parts, there's some worrying parts, and there's some parts which we need, you know, further engagement on. Um, so there's a mixed bag. Um, you know, engage with the unions, um, engage in good faith, and see if there's a way to find a win-win or an agreement with it, with workers. And what workers are basically asking for is to see their wages being protected from inflation, from being eroded. Uh, 2020, there was no wage increase despite an agreement. Uh, for the past few years, there's been a below inflation increase. So the value, value public service wages, which is the heart of the agreement, has been eroded by inflation. So they're simply asking, go and engage. Uh, because in the budget, government penciled in a 4.7% increase for this year and 3.3% for the, the later years. And that would further kind of weaken the wages where public servants, police officers, nurses, teachers, cleaners earn. And you'll find public servants like all oh, the workers are really drowning in debt. Um, they're taking care of relatives who have lost their jobs. And so they're just simply asking for help to, to make it through these difficult periods. Um, there are some good parts in the budget, too, too that we have been calling for that we welcome. For example, the debt relief package um, given for ESCOM, where government will take about two-thirds or 254 billion rand out of ESCOM's uh, debt. We think that's going to really make a huge difference to ESCOM that it can then enable its resources to be focusing on ramping up maintenance and investing new generation capacity. And that's key to reducing and ending bill shedding. If we can get that right in the next few months, that can allow companies to focus on the selling their goods, etc., having money to pay their workers, grow in the economy. On the significant allocations to transport, which is critical to mining, manufacturing, agricultural jobs, key parts of the economy, key revenue earners for the state as well. Um, there's also significant money for Capetonians, which would, and people in Joburg and other cities, um, to rebuild Metro Rail, purchasing 146 carriages for Metro Rail. So it's also key you know, for people, workers, commuters, students who want to travel the cities to their destinations safely, um, affordably and on time. So those are some good things. We had hoped to see the presidential program, which has done well to give half a million young people work opportunities. I would hope to see that being expanded. It's been extended for a year, but we had hoped really to see it being increased to accommodate at least a million people. Uh, but we'll have some more engagement government on it. The SRD grant has been extended for another year, which was positive. It should be extended beyond that. Um, but we're quite disappointed it hasn't been adjusted, at least for inflation, because since it came into effect in 2020, it hasn't been increased once. So again, inflation is beginning to significantly erode its value. Um, and that we think should be should be adjusted. So there's some positive things. Um, there's some things which need some clarity on. And there's some things which are worrying. 
The finance minister spending some time in talking about um, the debt that we'll have to incur, obviously, in order for government and treasury to take over that uh, 254 billion rand, I think the amount was, of debt from ESCOM. And uh, we are creeping up, unfortunately, once again, as far as uh, percentage of GDP is concerned when we talk about debt. We already indebted and we had to service 400 billion rand worth of um, debt or at least service costs were amounting to 400 billion rand. And he stressed the point that that's money that could have been earmarked for delivery of services, for example, um, for addressing many of the concerns that you've highlighted now uh, in order for government to meet the demand from public sector unions uh, in terms of uh, a wage increase that will not be eroded by inflation, the government will need to incur more debt and we cannot afford any more debt, can we? Yeah, so look, it's about, it really is like um, building a jigsaw puzzle, um, multiple issues at once, and you have to deal with all of them at once because we don't and the negative consequences to all of it. So the public service wage bill has been stable at 35% of the budget since 2008. So it's not, it's almost putting us into a, into a, into a crisis. Um, and that's a normal amount for most workplaces for most governments. It's not out of control. What really has put the country into a crisis over the past few years is that we've allowed billions of rands to be stolen to be lost to wasteful expenditure. Um, we've allowed the economy to be plunged into recession. We've had low shedding, um, there's huge problems of criminal cable theft, uh, crippling of the railway network, etc. An unemployment rate of 43% of many companies have closed over the past few years because of COVID-19 and so on. So that's what's put us into a crisis. So if we simply just take an approach that says, well, let's squeeze what nurses make, that's fine. You might reduce the pressure on the fiscus from a government point of view, but you're not addressing the fundamental crisis. So you're still going to be limping along. So you've got to do the hard issues of load shedding, of cable theft, growing the economy, etc. That's the real solution. The other consequence to not to, to squeeze in what, what public servants earn is that you provoke a brain drain. <clears throat> so nurses and doctors and teachers will go to the private sector with less stressful jobs, or better conditions, they get paid better. We're seeing an increasing amount of, again, those skilled public servants um, going overseas to Europe, to Dubai, the Middle East, Australia, New Zealand, that further weakens the capacity of the state. We've seen that, in, for example, of the South African Revenue Service, SARS, that in the past few years when he appointed a new commissioner, uh, Kisvetter, he appointed about 500 new staff to SARS. He invested in the salaries and the IT capacity. That yielded very positive results. As a consequence of this investment in SARS, they've generated an additional 93 billion rand revenue for the state. So they exceeded the target collection significantly. And that's helped the state to pay off its debt, to invest in things like the SOD grant, reducing the debt, ESCOM, and all of those positive things. So for us, it shows you if you want to fix the state, you need to invest in it like any other company. Then you get popular returns. You also need to manage things properly. So I think for us, it's about managing multiple things. Then you, I think the other question you ask is that, so where do you get the money from? Well, we think one is obviously you reduce the amount you lose to corruption, to load shedding, to waste, et cetera, et cetera. You, you help address the fundamental obstacles to the economy growing, which is your electricity, your rail, your basic service, your roads, your water, etc. But also that there's a simple way to also increase revenue, and that's simply by investing in SARS. And it might sound very simplistic, but it really is as simple as that. If you invest in SARS, give them, you know, a billion rand, they will generate an additional 10 billion rand revenue for the state, 
We have a tax compliance rate of about 60%. So, I mean, you know, out of the existing tax we have right now, about 60% of them are collected by SARS, 40% are not collected. Um, give SARS a target to say, can you increase the tax collection rate to 65%? That simple 5% increase would generate an additional 100 billion rand um, in tax, which already are due to the state to it. And that's a much easier way um, to do it. For example, customs, only about 5% of our goods coming through our board, uh, ports of entry are aspects of a customs duty. You go into crackdown on that, you will generate revenue that's needed for the state. You'll also help protect local manufacturing jobs in the clothing industry, for example, or, one, or the food sector, etc. So it's not, there's no easy shortcuts. Government's got to do the hard work to address the situation, but simply just saying, well, we're bleeding, so can we squeeze these little nurses and police officers more? That's not going to address the situation. You're still going to find yourself in a crisis next year and the year after that. Fair enough. Um, how are the negotiations for um, wage increases going? And are you intending to down tools, uh, take to the streets, if you guys don't get your way? So it's not going well, to be honest. <clears throat> we hope things can improve. Um, there have been some talks on off, but the, the workers really do feel aggrieved that their frustrations and their have not been addressed. And again, you know, any worker, any workplace, on any part of the world, will always just simply seek to see the wages being protected from inflation. And public servants feel that for the past, you know, three, four years, that hasn't happened. Um, so I think they're hoping the government will engage them, that we hope they can find a solution. We've been trying to assist in that regard, um, because we do need a win-win approach. We do need to see government <clears throat> being able to get out of this financial crisis. No, no one in society will benefit from the state um, going off a fiscal cliff, or, you know, to see debt getting out of control and so forth. But equally, we also don't want to see a, a nurse drowning in debt. We don't want to see police officers not being able to afford a house for the family and so forth. So I hope we can find each other. Um, it's critical that we do. We've also been pushing from our side, you know, as an additional measure to assist not only public servants, but all workers who are drowning in debt, to be honest. Um, a, a, an amendment law, and it is a parliament, we have found most agreements on it with Treasury. I think there are many issues we can find each other quite quickly on it. A law to allow workers who are struggling early access to a limited part of the pension funds. We think that can help assist many workers in a responsible way. And it will also help to avoid a situation where you allowed, which currently does happen, where workers who are struggling in, in, uh, because of debt choose to resign from their job and then cash out their entire pension funds minus tax. Um, so this law would allow them not to, not to need to resign, and instead, they can continue to work and access up to a third of the pension funds uh, once a year. So we think that will also help and help kind of also incentivize savings where people can avoid cash on the entire pension fund, but rather just take a limited portion um, to settle with it. All right. Let me ask this as a parting question, Matthew. You will know that a few hours ago, the group chief executive officer at ESCOM um, came to an agreement with the board for um, an immediate um, stepping down. Your reaction to the news? Yeah, so look, it's unfortunate, um, and we're, we're quite worried. We can't afford more instability at ESCOM. We need to appoint a CEO very quickly. The, the, the former CEO now, um, he gave a notice of intention to resign uh, by March this year. We were frustrated and a bit angry with government um, that they had only advertised that position a few weeks ago, the beginning of February, literally. Um, but we hope government will move with speed now, ESCO will move with speed, um, the board, to fast-track the permanent CEO. We simply can't afford instability when ESCOM really is in a very 
deep crisis, so we need to get moving on ending load shedding. Matthew, thank you very much indeed. Matthew Parks, Kosatu's parliamentary uh, coordinator, um, uh, responding to the budget speech delivered by the um, finance minister, Inokonongwana, yesterday, and of course commenting in that last question um, on the uh, stepping down with immediate effect of Group Chief Executive Officer Andre Deretta uh, following an agreement with the uh, board. There was a special board meeting yesterday held on this regard. Wake up. It's your early breakfast with Africa Milani.